Hello. You're here with us that morning. Oh my <laughs> goodness. This is Shannon Rivers Podcasts, Running Through Rivers, with me, her mummy. Mum! Mummy! Stop! No! <laughs> So, you know, this is the first time that we're doing kind of a podcast like this, right? Yes, so, I'm very scared. How are you? <laughs> but you've been on Josh's podcast before. I have not. You have? You did like a mini, a little bonus episode after you talked about Oh my Miss... God, so I did. Yeah. <gasps> Which was really this interesting. Age and forgetfulness. I know. <laughs> Which is really interesting. So like, as I listened to the pot, to the Busy Being Black episode mm. um, about the kind of mixed race stuff. Yeah. And then his kind of uh, questions, really investigative questions about whether you knew that you were um, marrying a black person, a black man when you married dad and like yeah. what it was like to have black kids and stuff. Right? Yeah. And it was really short. So I, I'll, I'll signpost it in the, in the show notes so that you can go listen to that. Because um, I do think that it will add some context and texture to what we're talking about today. But um, first, I just want to say thanks for being here. You're welcome. Yeah. And for anyone who doesn't know, like, my mom is one of my best friends in the world. And I, we always have these really interesting and lively conversations. And it was after a recent conversation that we had that we were like, oh, we should have recorded that for the podcast. So we, um, we kind of are here as kind of having conversations like you would have with other people in your family and hoping that in some ways you'll get... Um, some inspiration on how to broach hard topics with your family and things that are not easy to talk about. Yeah, those really difficult intergenerational chats. Yeah, you know, and I think what we've what we've discovered is that we are aligned on a lot of things, and that's because we've been the three of us, me and Josh, have really been going through this kind of unlearning and unpacking stuff for the past yeah. like eight or nine, ten years now. Yeah. Um, where we've all kind of gone on our own journeys and we've just kind of taken you with us <laughs> and gone, hey, yes. you should read this thing. Or, hey, have you heard about this? Or, hey, can I talk to you about how this how this was for me? And I think that that can be really um, impactful, right? Yeah. Um, because for those of you who don't know, spoiler alert, my mom's white. Sorry. <laughs> the white ancestor here with us. Yeah. <laughs> But I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of the, the things that we've gone through as mother and daughter um, over the course of kind of my life when I don't really remember, but also as an adult and having kids of my own, it's really kind of developed our relationship in a different way yes. because we're having those kind of really deep conversations and how do I talk to my kids about this? How did you talk to us about this? You know, and that has started some really interesting conversations. Mm. Um, so today we're going to be talking a lot kind of about microaggressive behavior and, and overt racism that you experienced and that I've experienced and that we've experienced together because there have been moments that we, we've walked out of a place and gone, did that just, was that, did we, what yeah. happened? <laughs> you know, and I think um, kind of giving you an insight into what it's like to be a black woman, but also to give... Um, my mom's some space to talk about what it's like to be the parent of kids of color as well. And learning to be an ally, which really is a learning curve, you know. It really is. Yeah. Like it's a different mind space to parent, to be honest. Yeah, I can only imagine, you mm. know. So I think, um, you know, in the last episode I talked to, the, to everyone about kind of my story and told them that I was born in Texas and 
um, how shameful that is <laughs> in today's world. Um, Not as bad as being born in Bedford. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they're kind of like both. They're like I can say sizes. that because I'm from Bedford. Anybody who listens who's from Bedford who's like Bedford is the greatest, you know, you're lying. Yeah, like we have a running joke that like if there was a sign like the the sign that goes into Norwich where it says Norwich a fine city, um, Bedford sign would say Bedford a shithole or Bedford where's the exit? (laughs) Bedford, welcome to hell. (laughs) And you know, um, I I have some very fond memories of living in Bedford. I do too. The best. But I, but I do think I you know, it's still Bedford. Yeah, and I don't know that I ever moved back there. Like, let's just put it like that. But I do think that we um, that we start in Bed in Texas, right? Where yeah, I yeah. was, where I was born. So like, we moved from Texas when I was like ten months old back to Chick Sands. Well, actually, it might start before Texas because when I first met your dad I was like 18 and um, the first time I brought him home my mum and my stepdad after he'd left said you can't you can't go out with him you know no white man will ever date you afterwards yikes yeah that's like the first that was like the first sort of like and before that I hadn't even really considered like that there was a major difference between him and I or, you know, some kind of barrier or anything like that. And that just, like, floored me. And my initial gut reaction was like, why not? What difference does that make? You know, but, yeah, started early. That's interesting, right? Because I think um, most of the time when I talk to um, white people who are from here right so we live in a very white part of england still right um east anglia is like notoriously right right white and wealthy and they think that they're right as well you know that the things that they do um a lot of the we get a lot of people coming through here to get to the north norfolk coast right so um there's this phenomenon in the u.s that i think exists here too um called white flight Right. And mm-hmm. um, people basically what happens is white people move out further and further from like urban centers, urban using that word loosely <laughs> um, into kind of the suburbs and then the exurbs and then the next town and then yeah. the next village and then the next and the next and the next until um, they can't go any further. Right. But which then, is Norfolk. Yeah. But then, <laughs> but then they try to price you out of buying anywhere. Yeah. in the places that they go so that they can keep it white. But the white flight part is that they move when that kind of inner city, usually loosely used word there with quotations around, um, becomes too diverse. And like too diverse is between 5 and 7% diversity, you know, where you're getting maybe some five black people in the neighborhood and two Asian people and it's too diverse for you so you're gonna move um and that's what's caused kind of the problems because you see more problems in kind of the rural areas and then they kind of go away when you get closer to the city center right so you see it between Ipswich and Norwich where the further out you go like the more racist behavior happens and then you get closer to one of the cities 
it goes away yeah. it turns down I think, a bit. I think Norfolk in a way um, replicates um, a lot of the demographics politically as well that you get in the states so you might have a red state but the cities within those states are democratic so Nor- Norwich is 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 liberal is a liberal city but Norfolk is a conservative county. Yeah, it's a bit like Texas, yeah, right? Where you have like yeah, those, yeah. where you have those, uh, yeah. like the whole state is really red, similar to Texas, right? Where like the state is red, but then like Dallas is blue and Austin is blue and Houston is blue, you know. But the state yeah. is red, right? Yeah. It's really yeah. like that kind of conservative thing and like for anyone who's listening in the uk red is for republicans in the states and blue is for democrats or it's the reverse (laughs) um but i think you know that's it's interesting when you were talking about how your parents perceived kind of the, the potential relationship or the relationship with dad right that a lot of times when you walk into when you walk into organizations here um people are like oh we're not like that I mean, that's a scoffing laugh because they are. I think the only difference, like having, okay, you know, 30 odd years now since I was in Texas, but there's the only difference I see between the two is that, like, the British are a lot more covert about their racism um, and they're more sort of like, passive aggressive or polite about it which is sounds like an oxymoron politely racist but that's quintessentially british isn't it well yeah i mean i've had like um experiences i was actually just talking about one of these experiences and in some facilitation but um that when someone says oh you talk really well for a black girl and or you're really articulate oh right or um, I've had it. I've had it said on both sides of yeah. the of the pond, right? Where people have been like, "Oh, you don't sound black," and I'm like, "Well, what does sounding black mean? Does it mean because I don't use the habitual B that I'm not black?" You know. And I think, interestingly, the reason why I don't use the habitual back habitual B is because uh, my dad was very much like speak properly. You know, um, he never really wanted us to fall into that black vernacular English kind of, um, world because he knew how exclusionary it could be. It could stop us getting jobs or we could be outcasted at work and school and, you know, um, and, and I also, in some ways, like that kind of assimilation, um, translates into why I don't have a British accent now, Mm. you know, because kids are mean, (laughs) Yeah. You know, and when I moved to California when I was nine, like, I had a British accent, or mostly British accent. Like, my accent has never been anywhere. It's kind of like transatlantic, just, <laughs> just <laughs> talking, you know? Yeah. It doesn't really have a place, and I, um, but when I moved to California when I was nine, I had a stronger British accent, a lot more British-isms and phraseology and all of this, and kids used to make fun of me for it. You know, and it was like, now when I was over here, people made fun of me for being American, calling me Sean Connery, although Sean Connery is not American. <laughs> Sean, hello, Mission Money <laughs> How does that sound American? 
I don't know, but just kids are kids yeah. just like want to find something. Yeah, don't they? they do. But so so when, so if we go back to like that time when your parents were like, you can't date him, mm. and you were like, what? I'm gonna do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> what happens? What happens next? Um, then we got married. My mum and my stepdad did not attend the wedding. Did they not? No. I didn't know that. But that's mainly because I didn't want them to. Okay. Um, and then um, I got pregnant and then we moved to Texas. And like, I'd been like born and bred in Bedford, never left, never, never even gone on a foreign holiday. I mean, I was only 19, but like a very sort of like closed, enclosed environment really. I'd hardly even gone out of Queen's Park, you know. My stomping ground was like three streets over from Marlborough Road. Like, it's very, 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 very small environment. So going to Texas was like a massive culture shock. I can imagine. In loads of different ways. Um, and then um, I had... Uh, before I had you I started work so we were in San Antonio and um, I got a job at a property company and a lawyer's an attorney's office and that was eye-opening and moving on base as well like the the overt racism was just I just found shocking in in a sort of like physically shocking yeah like what are you people on and you know and that I, you can get away yeah. with talking to people like this and it's all normalized but then I, I remember i went to a um a supermarket um could have been walmart i don't know i went to a supermarket because the only thing i remember is like i parked up next to this truck with a flipping rifle hanging off the back window in its own little, like, rifle holster or whatever. And I'm like, what? I'd never seen a gun in my life, you know? And I'm... And all I could think is, like, why would you take a rifle to a grocery <laughs> store? What, are you going to blow up the tomatoes? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it was, yeah... Massive culture shock. Yeah, I can imagine, you know, and I think, you know, you say that, like, the racism was so um, overt and, like, really in your face mm. and that you hadn't really experienced that level of racism. But I think, mm. you know, if, um, I mean, I can, I'm making an assumption here, but you probably did experience racism, but it was just kind of, like, a little quieter and a little less, like... Yeah, I think in the UK, it's more, so, apart from that sort of, like, statement by my stepdad, um... But in the in the UK, it was more sort of like side eye stuff, mm. you know, like even the staring wasn't in your face. It was sort of like, you know, beside you. Yeah. <laughs> um. But like going getting to Texas, it was just like almost from the get go. It was it was just like right there in your face, and the things that were said were just you know, horrific, some of the, some of the circumstances. And, you know, that was like, you know, I'm, I'm 34, so it was like, you know, 
30, 35-ish years ago, right, yeah. that, we, that you were yeah. going through this, and getting, getting pregnant with me and having me while you were there, um, and living on base across from... The, he, she, 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 she shouldn't be named. That woman. No. That woman. But what, what happened? Like, cause I could tell, retell the story, yeah, right? Yeah. But like, I think it, it's different. Well, there were, there were two incidents on the base that really stand out. The first was, because when we first got to Texas, we lived in an apartment complex off the base and that was, you know, fine. There was nothing over, you know, happened there. And then we moved onto the base and um, uh, your dad was out um, mowing the lawn and um, I came out later and the people across the way, not the same, they shall not be named family, but a different one, um, just sort of like stopped on the path and said, you know, you got yourself like sorted out really quickly. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, oh my God, you're England. Yeah, 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 I am. I am British. And they were like, um, you know, how did you get, um, you know, how did you get a gardener so quickly? And I was like, I don't have a gardener. What are you talking about? And they're like, yeah, the N word who was mowing your lawn. And I was like, oh, that was my husband. You know, but the thing that shocked me even more, I think, than a person just standing outside your house using the n-word you know even more shocking in a way was the fact that um he didn't look embarrassed about it when i said that that was my husband like to me a normal response would be a red face you know oh my gosh i'm so sorry or just sort of like you know that physical sort of like oh my god i really fucked him you know that kind of like face no, not even remotely embarrassed. And then just after you were born, um, Joshua came in um, crying um, because the kid across the way who he wanted to play with wouldn't play with him and said that I can't play with you because you're Satan's spawn. And so I was like, <laughs> how does it... Th- how does a toddler even know what those words are? You know, there's not a three, four, five, or even a six-year-old in the world that knows what Satan's spawn of. What is a sport? Just ridiculous. I don't want to know where that came from. So I marched across the way, knocked on the door, and I was like, why your child just called my child Satan's spawn? What does that mean? And again, the brazenness of sort of like, you know, well clearly a son of ham and I'm like what it what it's not pork what what are you talking about and it's the bible you know nonsense and I was like that just like no (laughs) your religion is bonkers if you think that and this is like no you know you are teaching your children something heinous and you know just like you know, just like in a world where you can be anything, yeah, you keep know, that, don't be that. Keep <laughs> that disgustingness to yourself. Yeah, you know, but like the fact that, like teaching your child something like that, you know. Yeah, and you know this is after and to spout stuff that they don't even understand. Yeah. And I mean, this is what like twenty, 
something years, years ago. well 20-something years after the Loving case, yeah. right? So, like, this yeah. is not, it's not like it's outlawed to be in an interracial marriage or anything anymore, oh. which is ridiculous. You should never be yeah. outlawed for the yeah. people that you love, but I digress, you know? Yeah. But, like, how how insidious it can be when, yeah. it, like, you know, they're using the Bible to justify Oh, it just, this, it's just unforgivable. You know? and unforgivable. often, I often think about how religion you know the religion that we were taught right like mm. the in granddaddy's church in backwater texas and Yoko, yeah. you know yeah. is so different to like the white christian stuff yeah. you know like in this it, and, and interestingly like as i look i have like fond memories of being in the church right mm. so i don't like love that that was a thing but <laughs> but there are some good memories from there and like the so much welcoming and you know suffering in the Texas heat, <laughs> the, like yeah. pretty dress and socks or tights and shoes and, you know, smiling forever because your granddaddy is the pastor of the, of the church and like not being able to like stop smiling, you have to force it so much that your cheeks hurt at the end of the day, you know, but for everything that's wrong with religion, there's a lot of right in the back, in the mm. black church, you know, yeah. where like when I remember distinctly when Josh came out that granddaddy was the person who was like, yeah, I already knew. And he was like the least judgmental person of anyone in our family about it, mm -hmm. you know? And how, like, that is what Christian should be. Yeah. You know? Uh, kind of like, yeah, God made you Not that way. weaponized. Yeah. Which is what this is. It's like, it's weaponized religion. And I keep thinking of that, um, that Old Testament, you know, <clears throat> every time a woman has a period, she has to sacrifice a pigeon on the altar type thing it's like are we doing that right right you know because yeah. that's the same that's the same testament that says woman's not allowed to wear trousers you know all of you that can't eat, just, you can't eat shellfish either so like are you eating shellfish it's on just a Friday nonsense yeah you know it's just a just a word salad of nonsense really. but it's like it's it's so interesting right because like the people that i talk to who are like still involved in religion and especially in America, it's still very segregated. Yeah. And, like, the integration just never really happened. Like, on yeah. Sunday morning, it's literally, like, we're here and they're over here, yeah. you know? It, it's literally the divide in America. Well, that, that, I think that's because you can't, like, you know, it's a little bit like slavery, right? When slavery, um, when the abolitionists, you know, first started to sort of, like, you know, somebody somewhere thought, you know, oh, it's actually a good idea. To enslave other human beings and beat them and treat them, you know, in this inhumane way. Hmm, maybe not. When they finally had that little revelation, um, it was all about, um, it was all based on religion, based on, you know, this is not the Christian way to behave and you can't treat Christians this way. But then, as soon as black people became Christians, then obviously they had to change the narrative because they wanted to keep the slavery because it was economically viable, you know. So all of a sudden, you know, the the religion bit didn't work. And I'm sure that that's why religion is still segregated. Because if you admit people of colour into your white church, you know, then you have to actually see those people as some level of equal human beings. And that does not fit the narrative no it's true i mean i haven't really thought about it like that but i think i think it's it's apt right so
So we are talking about kind of Texas, and I'm going to spring forward a little bit to kind of present-ish day, I guess. Yeah. So when we were living in Oklahoma, right, to kind of paint this picture that yeah. things haven't really, haven't really changed that mm. much, right? Especially when we talk about... Um, so what you experienced in Texas was definitely like more in your face yeah. racism and what we experienced yeah. in Oklahoma was less in your face and more Yeah. Just like we had to What we, would you even call it? I know that? we ended up having... we it happened. See even now. Yeah. So, we know we both <laughs> had the same we we shared that experience. We had the same experience. And even now we're like, what what was that? Yeah. Cause and that's that's kind of yeah. the that's the nature of microaggressive behavior, right? And yeah. how it be, how it develops into kind of those intrusive thoughts. So like, yeah. did I just am I just imagining things that that really just happened the way I think that it did? Yeah. You know, we left this coffee shop. I'm going to tell you about this this thing in a minute, but we left this coffee shop and we literally sat in my car and we went, "What, what was that? <laughs> did that just happen?" W T A F. Literally, yeah. we were like we 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 literally got in the car. Yeah. We had like we paid for like yeah. coffee and the fudge and stuff, and we got in the car. And I was like, did you just, and you were like, yeah, was that yeah. like, was what, and we just did this thing for like five minutes where yeah. we were just like, what? Couldn't even articulate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was living in a really small town in Oklahoma, like military send you to some places. Um, <laughs> but I was, um, I was living in this, um, little town in Oklahoma and we'd been there for what, almost two years? Mm. Or just over a year, something like that. Yeah. Um, and um, I've been, I was working at home before working at home was cool. <laughs> and sometimes, as we've all kind of learned over the last couple of years, working at home can feel like the walls are eating you. Yeah. Um, so I used to go um, kind of make some change of scenery and go to this coffee shop in kind of the center of town. And um, this... I knew the I knew the people that worked there. You know, I was in there like at least once, maybe twice a week, getting coffee and kind of sitting in. They had some really cool armchairs, really pretty. They like, did. It's really nice. You know, bookcases yeah. and just like really yeah. like cool vibe. Um, with lots of little different seating options, which I think yeah. is always helpful. Yeah. You know, because you're, nice sure sure. you're not sure what kind of seat you want to that day. Whether yeah. you want a chair at a table, or you want an armchair, or you want a bar stool. You know. Just yeah. lots of options. So my mom came to visit, um, which was, you know, we tried to do this like once or twice, sometimes three times a year, yeah. <laughs> um, as often as I could get her over there. Um, and I was like, oh, you know, let's, you know, I have, I have work to do, so let's go to this coffee shop and we'll just like go sit down. I go here all the time, right? Like I know the people, they're really nice. I was like doing all of the selling of the things. She's like, you said coffee, let's go do it. <laughs> You know, yeah. Because if there's anything that we have in common, it's our love of coffee. Coffee. You know. Um, so she was sold at coffee, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like justifying it by like, oh, it's, there's like really cool places to sit. Oh, and, and if things. I recall correctly, I was also sold when you when you said they also do fudge. Yeah. Because I like coffee, love coffee, fudge, uh, really love fudge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it was homemade fudge, right? Yeah, yeah. So like they make yeah. it on site and like really yeah. cool, interesting flavors and stuff. So, anyway, we go to this shop yeah. where I'm like set up my little place at like a table. We're meeting um, a friend of a friend of mine called Bethany um, to kind of talk through some stuff for 
uh, a birth collective that we were setting up, right? Mm-hmm. And that meeting didn't end up going because we left. It's <laughs> like, no, never mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we, um, we, I was like setting up and my mom was like, I'd ordered coffee for us, but she was like investigating the fudge, as you do, because you have to like, you know. Fudge must be investigated. You have to look and see what's Seriously. There. You know, with proper intent. Correct. Like, you have to, you have to like, go, yes. okay, well, this flavor sounds really nice, but also, what about this flavor? Is that squidgy fudge, or is that crumbly fudge? Very important to make the distinction. Huge, huge amounts of, like, thought. And, yes. And, you know, you're, 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 like, assessing the risk. One must invest. Yes, you're assessing the risk and also the benefit of eating exactly. this fudge, right? Exactly. <laughs> A pro and con list for each type. Exactly. So she's over there and she she decides on fudge. I'm like sitting down at a table and she goes up to the till and I and I said to the woman behind the till, um, she's white, that matters. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I said, um, oh, hey, don't forget to give her her military discount. She's with me. This is my mom. All right? This woman who served me multiple times in the course of kind of my relationship with this coffee shop looks dead straight in my face and goes is she really your mom and we just went kind of looked around I was like what kind of question is that why would I make that up (laughs) you know and why would you as a white British woman be in the fucking middle of Texas if you weren't affiliated to the military in some Uh, way in the middle of nowhere Oklahoma that's right yeah, I mean, you know, Texas gets bad rap, but yeah, mm. <laughs> we were just over the border of Texas, so. I'm not going to say anything bad about Oklahoma, but. I think I just said it all. Yeah. You know, and it was, it's like, I think like the most interesting thing about that was that um, a few weeks pre- prior to that, I was at, uh, I was in Oklahoma City for um, a seminar at Oklahoma University of Oklahoma, mm. right, for uh, Ketchum's class. Yeah. And one of the women in the seminar group with me, we were sharing, we'd never met before, we were sharing a hotel room, <laughs> because that's what you do when you're in college. Um, we had gone to, um, we'd finished, like, we had a really heavy day in the seminar where we were talking about racism and racists and if all racists are bad, <laughs> and having kind of a philosophical discussion about race and the racialization of society and stuff and Kristen who was this white woman that I was with who's she's about 10 years older than me yeah um and we went to a um an eatery I can't remember where we went it was some like bar thing in this Oklahoma thing yeah we're ordering food and I got carded and she didn't get carded and we had literally just talked about, like, how, you know, um, how microaggressive behavior shows up. So she's 10 years older than you and white and doesn't get carded. And I can say that you do not look like you're in your 40s, you know, but you don't also look like you're under 21, which is not, that's not a... But also, yeah. I get carded all the time, right? Because yeah. black don't crack, okay? Uh, <laughs> I do. I get carded when I go yeah. into Tesco to buy wine. Yeah. Even now. You know, it doesn't happen all the time. But it happens frequently, right? Yeah. But, um, but Kristen and I were talking about it, and we were like, you know, should we say something? Because we wanted to understand, like, what it was about me that caused her to 
pardon me, I'm not not Kristen. Yeah. Um, because we're there's only a ten year age difference. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And. Um, you know, I worked, I worked as a waitress and if I was carding one person at the table, I carded everybody. Yeah. Right. Because I didn't ever want to single anybody out. Yeah. You know, I want, it was like, let's be inclusive in, <laughs> in yeah. this, in this ask here. And I, and Kristen, when the, when the server came back over, she was like in her, I don't know, early twenties, maybe. Um, Kristen was like, you know, this is, we're not mad. I, we just want to understand. Like we were just, we just took this class and she was like explaining this backstory, mm. um, to this girl. And she was like, yeah, you know, I carded her cause she looks, she looks, <laughs> she looks young. And I just assumed that you were her mother. She said to Kristen. Huh. And so I was like, so how is it that you travel two and a half hours down into the deep, woods of Oklahoma, which mm. there aren't any woods because it's really flat and... It's all plains and buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, as, you know what I mean. You go to, like, the, the kind of bowels of the of the state and you get someone who, who, who can't imagine that a black woman has a white mother, but then yeah. you go up into a city and... It's an assumption. They go, oh, yeah, I just thought yeah. you, you know, I just thought this yeah. is your daughter. <laughs> you yeah. know? I'm like... And I was like, Kristen, you don't look that, that old. <laughs> and also, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to... No, I am. It's like, also, like, well, if you thought she was your your daughter and you thought she was underage, then you think that a parent would take an underage child drinking. So what did you think she was like? A white trash mum then? Yeah, it's you know it's interesting, right? It is, and, the, yeah. and I think it's it's um, it's it's that kind of gives you an idea that like when we're talking about things like race and how people perceive race and the so- yeah. social construct of race, yeah. right? That it really depends where you are in the situation and how yeah. you view things, you know, yeah. and how having those different perspectives, right? So I'd never considered like, well, what kind of mother did you think Kristen was? Um, you know, but that's because that's a perspective I never, I never yeah. had to yeah. consider until yeah. right now, and I'm like, oh, that's yeah. really interesting, you know. And I'm really well, invested in like learning about that. I think that's a little bit like um, the differentiation of the racism that I experienced when um, when we lived in in the UK when you were kids, because there is there was. A distinctly different kind of racism um, when you were a white mother and people thought that your children were Afro-Caribbean and when you were a white mother and they realized that your children were African-American and, and one was very very bad you know basically the perception is if you were, you know, a white mother with Afro-Caribbean children, then you're automatically determined to be a slut. You know, but if you are a white mother with African-American children, then you were kind of more viewed as sort of like an opportunistic gold digger. You know? Yeah. But you, you had, in some ways gone up in their estimation yeah yeah for some reason because yeah. you know americans have got more money you and know, american even black and, ones yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah 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 no it's, it's so that's... it's it's just like there's 
there's even degrees of racism within racism, you know? And it's like, I sometimes think of like, how much effort does it take to just hold on to that level of flipping bigotry? That concludes part one of Podcast with Mum, which sounds really posh, doesn't it? Tune in for part two, where we will talk about all the things, including history, coffee, fudge and general what the fuckery.